Hey, 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 hey! Welcome to Bonus Barrel. I am Rob, and with me is... Shelby. And Seiji. And... I was going to say special guest, but that's not accurate. Once you've been here enough time, you're like just like, like a semi. Well, regular's not right either. Just a guy you, you've heard before. It's introduce yourself. Life. This is actually this is actually my fourth time on the show, Rob. So could you introduce me as record-setting fourth time? Four <laughs> is time that the record though? Guest? I don't know. That doesn't nobody's gonna Mark? Fat, no one's gonna fact check me. <laughs> just <laughs> I will. All the, right, um, record fourth. Our our guest. Uh, our now record-setting guest who has. Broke, shattered the previous record of probably three appearances. We have our fourth time returning. Now you say your name. Oh, hey, it's P One. Wow, it really has it been? Has it been four times? That doesn't even four realize that. Times. That's amazing. That's crazy. That, wow, wow. Yeah, I'm congratulations. So, you shattered the last record. I keep keeping track that stuff. Thanks so much, Rob. Thanks. It's yeah. We we uh, our team. Here. We have a team of analysts. Actually, they're in the background, so they fact check too. And uh, they oh, basically good. were like, you, you know, I got an alert on my data pad and my Google Glass saying, hey, uh, it's his fourth appearance. We have to really get in there and, and, and congratulate him. So congratulations, man. Like, you really earned it. You're wow, back again. It feels really good to, feel? know, to yeah. know that I'm obviously the favorite guest because I've been back a record setting four times. Uh, I think that's probably the case, the case. Did you actually count your appearances? No, no, I have no idea how many times. You don't even on. know if it's been four times. <laughs> From what I can see, it's like, it, I think it's your seventh. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was say, I'm pretty sure Seiji has this all out, like, on a sheet he or does? something. Yeah. yeah. So he oh, can wow. easily count that. Not counting a cop's corner <laughs> and two BBBs. So, actually, it would oh be actually your, like, tenth if I count those. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. We're really desperate for guests, so, yeah. <laughs> But official BB, this will be your seventh episode. Who who has the most? Can you see? Uh, I think it's P1. It's either P1 or P2. Let me yeah, check. Not even Kevin. I'm surprised because he's been on for quite a few. Let me check. Yes, continue. I'll I'll keep counting. <laughs> let's, let's keep bantering while our robot It's weird because I only listen to the episodes that Mark or I are on. <laughs> <laughs> I already know that's not true. So, uh, so yeah. So, returning guest P1. So, here, let's do a little recap. So... Uh, years ago, literally years ago, uh, someone who is from the Cartridge Club uh, overheard us, uh, listened to us, recommended it to those guys. They put off listening to it for a long time. <laughs> then they listened to us. Then they realized how great we are. They love us. Then they stroked my, or stoked my ego by mentioning us on their very first Cartridge Club Weekly. So then I got more involved. Uh, then we became friends. And then they stopped doing weekly they abandoned their podcast because mark can't handle it p p1 wanted to go save the world uh and now you're back doing a weekly stream yeah yeah let's not throw around that term friends too loosely though (laughs) yeah me and mark are friends (laughs) yeah yeah that's that's accurate that's accurate uh we stream weekly now so we used to do a podcast called weekly um yeah i could i love the show we would do like news updates on on shows that were in the Cartridge Club podcast and, and videos and stuff. And as well, we would talk about gaming news. Uh, and, and it turns out that um, we don't listen to a lot of those shows anymore. So 
being, being well, able to continue to do that uh, was was would be difficult, and uh, and Mark just doesn't have the the desire to stay up to date on all gaming news um, like we used to, or make up news like we also did quite frequently. <laughs> so now yeah. we still get together once a week. Um, we see each other every day because his daughter uh, gets dropped off here for for daycare. Um, mm. But uh, we get together once a week and we play games. My friend Jay comes over. He's our producer, producer Jay. Yeah. And uh, we stream with the Twitch and invite people to hang out with us. We learned that uh, Jay, who I did know prior to your your new streaming, uh, listens to Bonus Barrel. So I yeah. love that guy. Jay actually listens to Jay. Bonus Barrel, okay. Polykill, STC Pod. I think my father is vacuuming. Can you hear that? Yep. A little Solid. bit. That's solid. Right. I like that. That's classic yeah. TV. That is, yeah. Uh, let me just see <laughs> if I can make that stop. I'll be right back. All right. Oh, shit. He's going to break some legs. Oh, no. Well, while he's gone, I'll tell you more oh, about their little abuse. streaming. What's that, Shelby? Isn't that like elder abuse? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I think. I guess so. It's true. Anyway. And, if, and if he were to hurt Sean, it would be child abuse. Yeah. Both things are bad. Don't yeah. do it. Don't do it. Let that be a lesson to all you out there. Don't also, don't be a bystander like us. Oh wow, nice. Yeah, don't be an enabler. We're letting this happen. Yeah, because we're so worried about our fucking show. Got to make sure our show's on top. Can't we? Don't have any vacuum noises in the background. All three of our listeners are gonna get pissed off. They're gonna be like, "Man, I got a vacuum." Lose one. I do not want to lose thirty-three percent of our audience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yes, yeah, so there's I've been tuning into their little their little show, their little uh streaming show. You know, they they get together and they're and they're just playing some crappy game usually. Um well last week's was uh shoot and switch was pretty fun. Switch and shoot. Switch and shoot, yeah. Oh you're back. I'm just telling them about your show. And then they're playing some weird game. I don't even know the title of it this ding week. And ding I dong noticed XL. Ding dong XL. And I noticed that they're uh that they're like they they don't have what they used to have, so I've I've called in a couple of times to spice things up. And we do appreciate it because you're right. We don't we don't have. Uh, I mean, we used to have this really good chemistry and this desire yeah. to entertain, and we don't have yeah. that anymore. No, I mean the chemistry is still there. We just don't care if anybody's entertained. <laughs> I think that's fine. That comes through. I think that. Uh, yeah, I like yeah. I like it. Uh, dude, so you you get points for watching the show. They're called Bro Bucks. You get them just by watching the show and hanging out. <laughs> Yeah, you can also get them by beating them? our scores, um, uh, beating our scores in whatever game we play. And what you do with them uh, is great yeah. question. I'm glad you asked that, Rob. Thank you. No is problem. you you cash them in to get rewards? So there's right. a couple of rewards that are sort of fun rewards, like uh, making us wear eye patches or make Mark wear a wolf mask while we play the games, first which, suit, which is tough. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's a new reward, which is uh, I'm very excited for. Uh, and it's for a thousand bro bucks, which is re- pretty easy to attain. I think Sundary J is up around two or three thousand. Jesus. Um, <laughs> you get uh, the ability to have us read one tweet that we thought was too mean to send through the week um, because we send them to each other. So okay. I'll, I'll read something on Twitter that'll make me angry or will elicit a response from me, and I'll type <laughs> it out and be ready to send it. And on the ones that I think are really. Across the line, <laughs> I'll screen cap it and then send it into this group chat that I have with Mark and say, "Hey, is this?" It's actually Mark Musty and, and Rocket Sauce and say, "Hey, is this too mean?" Um, 
and they usually talk me back from the edge. Ryan oftentimes says, no, I'll tweet it, send it, send it. <laughs> I want to be part of this fucking elite group. But, uh, well, you're part of a better elite group, um, which is also on Twitter, the BB plus CC That's yeah. true. equals greater than three. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we're going to start saving these, these mean tweets or angry tweets, these inappropriate yeah. tweets, and you can oh, get us to read them. Now, we're not going to read them with context, so you're not going to know whose tweet elicited me to say, I'm going to give this guy the Momo challenge. Right. Um, <laughs> what the hell is the Momo challenge? You can look at that up after. All right. Cool. <laughs> is it about um, peaches? No. Um, no. About Momo is uh, yeah. Japanese peach. Yeah. No, it's uh, the Momo. Yeah, you, I'll just let you, I'll let you look that up. <laughs> anyway, so we're not going to tell you who made me that uh, or what it was, but you're going to get to see these out of context uh, angry tweets that we do. Should be fun. That sounds great, actually. I like that. Yeah. And there's there a suggestion a for more bro for more use of the bro bucks. We should be able to pay you to tweet something <laughs> with bro bucks. That's not going to within reason. Within reason, you no. can't be like no. dropping terrible things. So that'd be fun. Mm, I don't think so. When do you get that going? When do you get that going on there? I'll uh, I'll run it up Make to it the. Uh, That's your producer. What he thinks. Yeah, I'll put that through with the producer and see what he thinks, and then uh, we'll go from there. I like that you have a producer. That's fun. Yeah, he doesn't actually produce anything. He just no, he doesn't do anything. He yeah. doesn't check our audio levels. He doesn't uh, any anything <laughs> technical that has to be fixed. I have to do. He's pretty uh, behind on the comments too. Yeah, we should just call him Hangout Jay because he just comes and hangs out with us, which is fine. Oh uh, yeah, producer sounds like like uh, he doesn't have the expectation of entertaining people though, so that's that's yeah. helpful. Yeah, yeah, it makes it you guys look way more professional than you are. Exactly. Yeah. Could you guys put some video game stuff in the background too to be a little feel more like a game show? There is video game stuff in the background. You can see a, a shelf. If you yeah. look over Mark's shoulder, there's a, a white shelving unit. past his eyes. A Kalax shelving unit. Uh, <laughs> hanging above it is a picture of a frog that I bought at uh, a local uh, yeah. um, Wheaton's, I think it's called. Wheaton's, it's a store. Sure. And okay. uh, on that shelf is three custom or two custom painted NESs, a custom painted N64, Ooh, as well on my screen. I notice these. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you paid attention to the stream instead of thinking of ways to harass us yeah <laughs> okay so i can't help it because you guys are talking and like well i gotta respond to these because i like talking to you guys yeah and uh and so their stream is often just a big list of me talking to them but them not actually reading it that's interesting <laughs> no we read it we just a whole, it. whole lot of trolling <laughs> yeah all right you should, well let's you come on one of the shows come down should, here for actually. we'll push the, the stream to a friday or saturday you come yeah. on down, and uh, we'll have special guest uh, BB Rub. Like, I'd like to do that. I think maybe we'll work that out sometime. Cool. All right. So, uh, yeah, that, that's that's your your current thing. Cards Club used to be great. Um, now it's it's different, and uh, we got the bros back trying to steal some of their attention away. Mm-hmm. It's the founders. It's good. So, uh, games real quick. Let's talk about games a little bit or whatever shit that's going on. Before we go to our topic, uh, I don't have a lot. Uh, I have, I'm, I'm shuffling through all my notes here. Uh, this this looks interesting. Uh, I've been playing Dragon Ball Heroes for Switch. It's a card RPG-ish type of game. Uh, it is very long, and I want to be done it. Unfortunately, I'm not. Uh, but I, I do like the game. Do you guys have any questions about the uh, Switch and Steam North American exclusive 
Super Dragon Ball Heroes World Missions. I didn't know it was on Steam. That's pretty cool. It is on. That is. It is pretty cool. Actually, the, the sarcasm aside, the game. The game mechanics are pretty fun. Uh, it, Dragon Ball Heroes was a arcade. Is an arcade game. Arcade slash card game in in Japan. Uh, I don't know exactly how it plays. I didn't look it up, but I believe you buy the cards and I think you scan them. Uh, and you probably have an account attached to the arcade machine. Uh, and then, yeah, yeah so the, the battles play out. It's weird. You have seven. So it's almost like the cards. It's not like a deck. You're not drawing cards like Yu-Gi-Oh! So you have your cards and uh, they're a character and they have abilities and shit. And then each character can equip four things. And then in battle, you have a uh, kind of an area for attack and then you have uh, your support area and so you're moving them around try to regain stamina during the fight to try to increase your power level so that you could win the attack phase and you're damaging each other or their stamina or uh, and there's, there's a lot of other rules to it so it's actually pretty in-depth and there's a lot of abilities there's like a 1200 cards in the game it's pretty pretty crazy there's a, there's a uh, creation mode as well where you can create your own cards your own and your own missions and shit and upload them so it's pretty it's pretty good game actually. It's just it's long. That's all. That's my problem. It's long, and I can't not beat the story mode. Otherwise, I will f- feel bad. So that's where I'm at with Dragon Ball Heroes. I would recommend it to anybody who likes card based games or Dragon Ball. Great. Yeah. Um, oh, so there's so we didn't talk about this last time because I think we had to delay the episode. Uh, there, there's news that there's news or leaks or rumors about PlayStation Five. Sean, do you know what they are off the top of your head? Yeah. Um, so oh, it's cool. going to be fully backwards compatible with PlayStation Four. Mm-hmm. It's uh, going to be capable of up to 8K uh, resolution output, mm-hmm. and its processing power is approximately uh, it's it's greater than 15 times the PlayStation Four, and the way that they verified that was to show a loading screen, a fast fast travel load from uh, mm-hmm. in, in Spider-Man for PS4. And it mm-hmm. took, I think it was 15 seconds on the PS4, and it took 0.8 seconds on the, the hardware for the new PS5. Oh. And yeah. that was all of the information they released. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, faster is, is definitely better, um, especially for shit like fast travel, which is in pretty much every game now. It is. I, I remember, but I mean, fast travel. It's it's oh, faster, ahead. like you load a PS4 game faster, but it's not going to load PS5 games faster than a PS4 loads PS4 games. You know what I mean? Because the the game mm-hmm. size and the 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 right. the, the requirements are going to change. It's going to upscale. You know I mean, they're not going to be loading PS4 games. So yes, it is right. faster, but the 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 detail in the game is going to go up as well exponentially. So slow it down. It's yeah. gonna yeah, it's gonna be the same. Your loading times aren't going to be. Ah, uh, but. Be- Playing your PS4 games will be much much nicer. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, I like playing PS4 games. So that's still that's still cool. I really fell out of love with my PS4. Really? Yeah, big time. Like Horizon Zero Dawn, I think was the one that killed it for. Me. Oh, I love that game. Jeez. You didn't like Horizon? No. Oh. All right, because you're all like wanking for uh, Breath of the Wild. That is um, partially why I did not enjoy <laughs> Horizon. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it felt a lot like The Witcher Three for me. It suffered from a lot of the same problems. I have never played that game. Couldn't get into the Witcher series, unfortunately. Yeah, they were unable to bewitcher me into uh, sticking around. Oh boy, <laughs> that was where the laugh trap would go. Oh, uh, I thought I had a point, but then you interrupted me. That was like three minutes ago. 
we were talking about the faster loading times. Shit bags. I don't remember. Whatever. Uh, yeah, do PlayStation. What's that, Shelby? Seb just listed off things that might make oh. you remember. I didn't hear that last one. 8K. Oh, okay. Resolution. Nope. Back, mm-hmm. Fully backwards compatible. That one's nice. Yep. I don't remember. Uh, it doesn't matter, though. It would, definitely wasn't important. Uh, so, yeah, PlayStation 5, any hype at all? Mark's excited because it means he doesn't have to get a PS4. It means he can wait and get a PS5 yeah. and then play any PS4 games he might have missed out on. That makes sense. That is that is good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm in lo- think this is not going to be the case, but like like what they're doing with that weird Xbox where they took out the disc drive. I'm glad they're not doing that for PlayStation 5 because if it was digital only, that would be the first time I would have to hesitate on buying a console. Why would they remove the disc drive? What the fuck? Make it cheaper, but it's only like $50 cheaper. <laughs> no, it's not cheaper at all. It's more expensive. Oh, okay. Wait, what? Uh, wait, wait, records, record scratch. What? <laughs> uh, what? So in the announcement of the Xbox One S all digital edition or Xbox One sad, um, <laughs> they, said, <laughs> they, made, they made the statement uh, that it's going to be, um, I'll use US dollars because it's easier, 250 yeah. um, US dollars, which mm-hmm. is $50 cheaper than, than the... Uh, or maybe it was two hundred U.S. dollars, which is fifty dollars cheaper than the two hundred and fifty U.S. dollars that the regular Xbox One S costs. However, the Xbox One S has been on sale since um, July of two thousand and eighteen for two hundred U.S. dollars. <laughs> and, and in fact, if you go on Amazon right now, yeah, um, and, and you're on the Canadian site, it's uh, I think it's three hundred uh, three hundred Canadian for the um the one s all digital and it's 298 for the one with <laughs> the disk drive it's more expensive <laughs> to buy the one that has the feature taken out and like they removed the physical drive unit itself but they left all the ports inside for it so the the everything else is the same they just they literally just took the piece out like they didn't wow. they, re, they changed the shell cuz you can't you don't have the slot anymore but mm. Like this was a this would have been a great opportunity to make a smaller design because you don't need yep. that much space if you're taking the disk drive out. But all exactly. that, like they literally just removed a part, and it's more expensive. Uh, that, Amazing. Does it, come, does it come with more storage? No. But that would be the only way it would make sense is if there was more storage. But yeah. right for the digital stuff, yeah. When it no. happened, I I made a bunch of tweets when it happened, and I like compare showed comparisons of ones that had disk drives and ones that didn't, and uh, yeah, it's. It's Did any tweets about ridiculous. this make that channel that you talked about earlier? Uh, no, they all. These were all actually. <laughs> they all went out. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, that's so. It's weird. I because <sighs> I was excited for it. I I was actually going to buy one. I have an Xbox One S now. I was mm. if, if these were cheap enough, I was going to trade my Xbox One S in, get the all digital version, and get one for Mark so that we could. To make uh, take advantage of Game Pass and uh, okay. Xbox Live together as a family membership, but it's, uh, it's cripplingly more expensive. So, damn, uh, it's just like a hard no. And everybody's a lot of the Xbox defenders, and I, like I, I've been a big fan of my Xbox lately because I I really enjoyed playing it. Um, mm. I, I I use it way more than I use my PS4. 
I haven't turned my PS4 on since July, and I, mean, I use my Xbox two or three times a week. Um, Why? Game For Pass. what? Game Pass. Is that just uh, what are the? Um, oh, is that that uh, streaming service thing they have? It's that's not streaming. You download the games, but yeah, it's like Netflix okay. for games. Okay. So I'm going through my backlog. I've got Darksiders one and two. I've got Tomb Raider, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, and Shadow of the Tomb Raider on there to play. I've got mm-hmm. Morgan the Blind Forest. Um, I've got Alien Isolation. These are all games I wanted to play, and it cost me a dollar for three months to get them. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. That's great. <laughs> I'm going to play all these yeah. games for a buck, right? Um, so what was I saying? Uh, I was excited. Oh, I was excited to get it anyway, and uh, when this came out, I made these tweets, and it just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, to just buy the regular one for Mark, and well, I'm not you don't have to buy that. two. No. Oh, okay. No. And, and uh, on... On this topic, this can bring Seiji and maybe Shelby into this topic, but uh, on the topic of this type of um, upgrade or iterums or whatever, we have the rumor of the possibly two different Switch types coming out in the summer. The, uh, the, the, like the what, the slimmed down version and then the more expensive one. You, uh, so one that has like, this is his rumors and I haven't read this in a while, but I can't remember the shittier version. Maybe you'll remember that one, Sean, but the other one is rumored to have like a nicer screen better battery, slightly slimmer. Have you heard about these? I have. Nintendo released a a statement that said they will not be announcing any new hardware at E3. So that doesn't mean they're not announcing it before E3 or after E3. Or or during in Nintendo Direct. That's not actually a part of the E3. (laughs) That would be greasy, but yeah, okay. Okay, Okay, old Ben. Maybe maybe that's what they meant. It's entirely possible. It would be semantically correct, so they can they can do that if they want to. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I hope so. Give me give me an, an upgrade so I can justify buying one, so then Megan can have my other one because she wants to play the new Fire Emblem game coming out, which I also want to play uh, and take turns. Blah. So yeah, that's uh, that would be great, and maybe someday Shelby will get a Switch. Um, well, so this if. I said this yesterday on the stream, and I'm going to say it now so it's recorded for right. you know, posterity. So we can take, yeah. um, if they do announce a pro version, I will be getting it for myself, and I will gift my regular Switch version to Shelby. You, you do not That's the dream. do that. Yeah. It would be uh, kind well, of you, but you definitely No, no, I will. I, I would like to do that. If, if there's a pro version that comes out, I'm going to get it. And my daughter already has a Switch. My brother already has a Switch. So your second daughter um, might as well get it one too, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's, uh, I like comp- it because it didn't help the show. Because then comp- uh, compensation you'll be able to for the the fact that she had to upgrade her cell phone package to include unlimited texts. <laughs> oh, wait, see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, yeah. So that's 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 the upgrade uh, section of the show. Um, and. Yeah, we okay. We're doing okay for time. Uh, so what you guys talk? Actually, you don't talk, Sean. Uh, Shelby and Seiji. Man, that's three three S's in the show. I'm feeling that's an RSSS feed. Woo! All right, uh, Seiji or Shelby. What's new, guys? Tell us something about games or media or stuff that you like. Uh, oh, yeah, there you go. There was something that we, I think we meant to mention last time, but it was the the dev talk was too good so right uh, we yeah um so uh before uh devil may cry 5 came out 
uh, mm-hmm. people at work were talking about it and stuff. And I was already at that point looking for more like soundtrack stuff to listen to because I listen to a ton of video game stuff at work, like even stuff that I haven't played or whatever. Um, and then, yeah, I was listening to the the Devil May Cry 5 soundtrack and I thought, holy crap, this is really good. And then it got mm-hmm. to one track called, uh, I think it's called Voltaic Black Knight. And it's just like the best little like metal jam ever. I love it. Like it's one of it's it's definitely up there in terms of like favorite tracks, probably of all time. It's What's just it very, very like? good. What? Can you hum it? No. Well, I want to know what it sounds like. You sound well, you're really painting a good picture it. here. I can send it to you. I can't do that. The listeners won't get to hear it though. Well, Sage, you could put it in. Like that? Yeah, it sounds exactly like that. I fucking knew it. All right, so I keep going. <laughs> anyway uh so as soon as i heard that and this was like because there was a convention here not too long ago where we live that nobody knows about except for us because we here we live here but anyway um yeah uh and i thought holy crap like if i do well at this thing because there was really no way of knowing like how well this convention was gonna go it was like uh, it's first or second time yeah yeah so anyway uh i was like man you know i really like that music so if i if i make enough I will I will treat myself because you got to treat mm-hmm. treat yourself or whatever. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, uh did good. Got Devil May Cry 5. It's really it's really fun. Um I don't play a whole lot of games now uh cuz you know, I'm just going to keep saying that and then eventually people will tell me to shut the fuck up, but uh yeah, it's it's, it's very good. Uh it's super fun. Like there's three different play styles cuz I guess um there are two characters from older games like and obviously Dante's in all of them. By the way, this is my first Devil May Cry game. Uh so there's that, but there is a nice little recap video that you can watch so you can kind of get caught up with everything. Um like story-wise, like the mm-hmm. game actually has that for you. Um Anyway, yeah, so three different play styles. You have Dante and then there's a guy named Nero and there's a uh, V and um so I think Dante and Nero more like the um the like the the physical like attacking kind of dudes or whatever. Um and then V is more of like you kind of sit back and he's got these little like demon dudes that kind of uh fight for him, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh so the way that uh missions play out um can be different uh depending on who you're playing as. So that's pretty cool. Um yeah, I don't know. It's a good game. I'm not done no, yet. Nice. Not done yet, okay. but it's good. Okay. Getting there. Oh, you're not in the game yet. Nope. Cool. That's awesome. I I want to play. I want to try it out. I really do. I think. Uh, you know, I'll wait till it's a bit cheaper, but I think I'll pick it up. I've always double big crisis. What's that? I said I can also lend it to you, but you're probably just gonna buy it anyway. So there's that. Yeah, that sounds like me. Uh, I I have. I think I have all the double big cry games, mm-hmm. and I don't think I've played any of them. Like I know I played double big cry a little bit when I was in high school. A friend lent me the second one, but I never got into it because I, I was still back in the mode of, well, this isn't a JRPG, so I'm not going to play this game much. Mm. Um, but I'd like to play it. I hear that the little semi-remake is fun as well. I don't know. Yeah. That's cool. Seiji, yes. what's your favorite Devil May Cry game? I haven't played any. <laughs> what? Oh. That's shocking. I should what? mention, too, that I was also... Um... Even after listening to the soundtrack, and I'm like, "Yeah, I gotta yeah. get this game." I still decided maybe I should ask somebody who has played it. Uh, so I, ta- I actually ended up talking to Marshall about it for a little bit, and oh, uh, cool. message him Marshall. every now and then just tell because he's beaten it. So I'm just tell him every once in a while like how far I am in the game. 
Uh, Marshall was once a host of Bonus Barrel. Yep. That's a BB trivia for you. That's great. That's awesome, Shelby. I really like it. What would you, how much damage would you give it so far? So far? Mm hmm. Uh, probably none right now. Um, nice. That's good. I remember there was one thing in it that annoyed the heck out of me, and I can't remember what it was, but it was just, oh, okay, yeah. So, as far as I know, because um, there are like little secret areas and stuff sometimes that you find that have uh, rare items and junk. Uh, so, you can go there, but sometimes uh, if you like jump off of a ledge or if you get to another platform or something, there's no way to get back to that area, which really I find in games now they should. I don't know. It just feels like if even if you explore a bunch and you still don't find it and then you're like a bit further in the level and then you see that area because sometimes you can just see them uh, yeah. or whatever and it's like, wow, shit, I didn't see that and now I can't get that item uh, and then you can't backtrack because the game won't let you. So. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah, but otherwise, really fun. Nice. I like All it. the characters that's are good. assholes. Oh. All of them. <laughs> uh okay that's cool yeah uh all right seiji yes what's new it's been a long since we recorded so i don't remember exactly what's going on but uh one thing that i can remember is that we received a lot of feedback from the last episode and i was really surprised because that was like a an episode that we didn't have a topic and we just like went on it <laughs> and i really enjoyed uh all the feedback and I just want to say thank you to all the people that actually reached out and, and left comments. I enjoy that. And I, I also really enjoyed the episode when I was recording it. I was uh, strangely very interested in, in what we were saying. And it was a fun episode to, <laughs> to edit and, and listen to. And I, I enjoyed that. And I enjoyed talking about the, that kind of stuff. In terms of gaming, well, the same, same game that I've been playing for the last uh, while, which is The Great Ace Attorney. So what happens is that when I per when I initially purchased this game, I was supposed to play it in Japanese, and I tried, but it was too long of a time investment. But there's this team called Scarlet Study. That's the name, which is an actual reference to. Uh, I won't say because well, I guess it's not a spoiler. We got a Sherlock Holmes in this game, so it's a reference to Sherlock Holmes, you know, stories. And when I initially was uh, looking for the translation for this game, they had the first four episodes or adventures or cases or whatever you want to call it you know how in old cases from the ace attorney they're all called turnabouts right whatever turnabout yeah. but in this game they're called adventures and they had the first four there are five in this game okay. and i played them they were fantastic and then i had to wait for a little bit but i didn't have to wait so long because i got it like you know midway through you know i guess the translation effort for the fifth episode because it's really really long now uh, now that i'm playing it and it's amazing it's really great I'm, I'm really enjoying this game i think it's gonna end up being my personal favorite from the ace attorney franchise mm. uh it's, it's a spin-off and this spin-off has an actual sequel that I also purchased and nice. they also started the translation for the second game so I'm really looking forward you know finishing this game and then starting the next um I love it that, that's all that's I awesome. can say yeah that's awesome heavy phrase uh yeah so I know we should move on the topic uh, I have one question though for p1 uh what did you think of the that uh 
heavily game dev talk, by the way, episode. I loved it. I it's good. My favorite episodes of Bonus Barrel is when you guys are talking about your jobs. I can listen to a hundred different podcasts to hear three assholes talk about games. <laughs> this is the only podcast I can listen to that I'm aware of. And if there's another one out there and you are listening uh, and you know of one that is more developer talk, let me know so I can listen to that one. Um, but this is the only spot I can go to to find out what it's like as an artist or as a pretend artist or as QA <laughs> yes. or as a programmer. Uh, and, well, or in that not- case, as a designer, like... And uh, uh, the 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 uh, programmers are creative too. No, they definitely are. Yeah, I would say for sure. I just wanted to say I wanted to correct the notion that I may have come off as dismissive of, of programmers' creativity last time. Rob, you come uh, off as dismissive of everything. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it was it was a great, well done. It was a really really engaging episode. I really enjoyed it. It was it was one of my favorite. Po- it was my favorite bonus pair episode. Period. And it's nice. one of my favorite podcast episodes across the pantheon of podcasts that I listen to. That's high praise considering you weren't even in that episode. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we should we should go to the topic because we're on a little bit of a, of a, of a time limit here. Uh, so unless you guys have any objections to that. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> love, Wait, you should have said the, objection. Love the puns. Can I just give one quick plug to a video game? Yeah, of course. Uh, Moonlighter on the Nintendo Switch. And I think it's on other things as well. Um, mm. Xbox and Steam, probably. Gross. Uh, but it's on Switch, and I played it, and Mark played it, and we both just beat it this weekend. We actually both beat it yesterday. And it is a fantastic game that if you like The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, you will mm-hmm. enjoy this game because its dungeon's design is very similar. Wait, I think it's a roguelike where you have to go into the dungeon, you fight monsters, you get items, then you bring those items out to town and you have to sell them in your store. Oh, you're the merchant guy with the white hair or whatever? Exactly, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, okay, yeah, I bought that actually not too long ago, so I thought it looked cool. Play it. It's fantastic. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's good. Uh, do you have the bro the bro guarantee for this one as well? Uh, if I buy this game and I don't like it, will you give me back the money that it cost to buy it? <laughs> you, yes. Okay, cool. It's like twenty dollars, twenty five dollars. Oh, that's expensive. Damn. Yeah, it's it's very very Damn. good. Now it, that's if you like a link to the past. If you hate that style of game, then don't buy it because you won't enjoy okay, it. Okay, well here's a, here's an <laughs> argument though. As I love a link to the past, but it is not a roguelike, and I don't particularly like roguelikes. Yeah, I don't. So how either. do you? I can't you... stand. I don't like roguelikes either. But this one, you go in. So you go into the dungeon. Your your moon your, your shop is called Moonlighter, and it's also a play on the fact that you're moonlighting as a hero. Um, right. There's these dungeons that have been sealed away where merchants go in to the, the the shallow ends of the dungeons, get these artifacts, and sell them. Um, the roguelike is good because in order to get all of the upgrades for your armor and your weapons, uh, you need to rerun these dungeons over and over. And so it's good that it's a roguelike. Cause you're not running the same same level over and over again. So it actually adds some. Um, advantage to it being in that case. And it's not like like Super Meat Boy and those other roguelikes where it's like, I think Super Meat Boy is a roguelike, where it's like you have to get to a point and die and then hope to figure out how to do it. It's not like that at all. The gameplay is very fair. The dungeons are very fair. Um, and if you upgrade your, your gear all the way, they're almost easy. Um, it's just, it's really, really good. I really, the, the dungeon aspect is just like A Link to the Past. And then the shop selling aspect is like a, a, a store simulator. You set prices, then you see based on um, emotes that the, the 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 buyers make when they're buying things if the price is too high or too low or just right. So you're always constantly trying to find that perfect price point 
Um, items come in demand and out of demand. It's it's really fun. You have to catch shoplifters. You upgrade your shop. You upgrade your town. Um, like I said, I loved it. Mark loved it. Uh, Producer Jay is really enjoying it. And the biggest uh, advantage for it that I can say is that his 12-year-old son, who has been addicted to Fortnite for a year, uh, yeah. stopped playing Fortnite for an entire weekend to play Moonlighter. That's fucking heavy praise. Yeah. So I've opened I, up my... I definitely suggest it. I opened up my eShop to look for it while you're talking. Uh, and I just... So, I, I'm sorry, this is a deviation of what we were just talking about, but <laughs> one of the games that came out under the recent one is not a game I ever expected to see on a Nintendo property, but it's called Panty Party. Uh, let me read this. Warning, no hentai contents in this game. All you get is funny and stupid panties. Quote, uh, I have to find the warrior of love. The warrior of love? Yes, it is you. The one who loves panties. The warrior of love. Dashing on the street, warriors of love along with panties to save humans from the evil intention and to save themselves from being transformed into panties. Fight in a funny comedy full of panties, love and passion with fierce battles between panties. Dash and dodge in high-speed battles with panties. Panty Party is a fast-paced battle game. Fly as a panty in the street and in between buildings, searching for the enemy panties and kick their bad. Uh, features. Feel emotions of foolishness and excitement with Panty Party. Energetic dance music. It is a melody of parties, panties, and the theme song of only Nintendo Switch. This is not even translated well. Every color imaginable. It is the color of panties. A story of nonsense and fools brought to you by panties and the warrior of love. The sentimental thoughts of panties, which you can only experience at Panty Party. Hyper exciting battle battling multiple battlegrounds this city and a fun collection of unique panties up to four uh, up to four prayers and add hidden unit. All panties have unique skills and the passion skill to make them even stronger. Um, so yeah, when so Shelby gets Moon, her switch, Moonlighter is really good. Can, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can, I don't. <sighs> You're gonna get this, Shelby, when you no. get a switch. No. Uh, this is hilarious. I can't believe this is in the fucking Nintendo eShop right now. Right between Isoland and Typewriter, you have Panty Party. Jesus Christ. That's a, that's Wow, that's something. That is something. Uh, also, a little news update. Box, box, way back in the day, we did, a, we did a game called Box Boy. And now Box Boy and Box Girl is available on Switch for twelve fifty nine, mm. Canadian. So that's a that's a strongly recommended game. That's on my wish I list. I'll grab that when I'll it goes on sale. Probably buy that uh, when I buy uh, Moonlighter at some point. Cool. All right. Well, that was fun. Sage, will we be getting Penny Party? Maybe. It <laughs> sounds like a good. It sounds like a good uh, idea for Valentine's Day. Solid. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Cool. Let's do. Let's do our topic. So up next, topic. back and the topic this week is resident evil uh the first one which comes on a very many uh very many platforms which i think you'll find that a lot of us have played this in different ways um so this game which is a developed published by capcom survival horror 
uh, also under the Wikipedia has third person shooter and first person shooter as, for the series. So I guess it depends on what game you're playing. First released uh, March 22nd, 1996. And uh, its latest release would have been what, this year, 2019? Um, yeah, so there's a lot to say about Resident Evil, most likely. Um, where do you even start with this? So I think half of us played this game when they were younger or have played this game prior to this. Uh, mm-hmm. I had tried playing it a little bit when I was young, uh, either through demo disc or through a friend leaving it by. And I never got very far. I got like up to seeing the zombie look at me. And I think that's usually where I stopped. I was very afraid of it when I was like 13. And you should be. Uh, what's that? Oh, I said, and you should be afraid of it. Oh, yeah, he should be because the mechanics are brutal. Uh, so I decided to replay it this year before Resident Evil 2 because the remake came out in what January. And I wanted to play that, but I figured I might as well play one first. And it, the remake of one had also recently come out on PS4. So, so the version I played through completion is PS4. Uh, I'd like to hear what, what you guys, how you guys played it for the first time. Uh, then we'll talk about exactly what it is and how it works. I mean, most people know what Resident Evil is, so it won't be too hard. And it's also called Biohazard in Japan. Mm-hmm. So for all of our Japanese listeners, we're talking about Biohazard uh, because there's so many. Uh, yeah, so how about we go, um, Sean? Yes. How, how, when was, how was it the first time? Like, where did you play this for the first time? And have you played it uh, after that as well, actually? Yes. Tell us about um, it. So Resident Evil 1, we Mark and I played on the original PlayStation um, 1 or PSX or whatever mm-hmm. the fanboys want me to call it. I don't know. The, the first <laughs> PlayStation game, the first Sony console. I just say PS1. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so. I know uh, some of my friends on YouTube called it a PSX and they got reamed out by um, Sony losers. Anyway, um, so I played <laughs> it on the original. The, yeah, like... Uh, it's like when somebody tries yeah. to correct me for saying Mario, like stick it in your. Okay. So, um, well, <laughs> that, that's a tweet that got deleted. Um, <laughs> Mark and I played the, uh, we had the director's cut on PS one. Um, and we played through it, uh, with our mother. She, uh, used to like playing a lot of horror survival games with us. Mm. Um, and that, I think this was probably the first one we did. So this was, would have started it off and, uh, loved it at the time. It is a technically perfect game. Um, <laughs> And uh, then again, I played it um, when it, the Resident Evil remake came out uh, for GameCube. But I didn't play mm-hmm. it when it first came out on GameCube. I played it years after the fact. Uh, and that is probably... I'm going to go ahead and say that that is the best remake or remaster of any game that's ever been done. Uh, and then that's the HD version that would have been released on PS4 as well. Um, that took what was already uh, an amazing game that was fun and a little bit campy and turned it into um, a better version of itself. So, yeah, uh, I played it then and I loved it. And I've, I've played it now. And I, I actually played it again, like uh, within the last year. So nice. You're fresh then. Yeah. Cool. Uh, CG. I played this for the first time like two weekends ago. And well, when I knew that you, uh, this was the game that we were going to review for this episode. Um, so right. I, I looked, you know, at, at the different versions of ports to see if what would be the most convenient way for me to play it. And I noticed that there was a DS version. Um, it's called Resident Evil Deadly Silence, if I remember correctly. And I was reading about it 
and I also I think I consulted with you, and it seemed like it is not the first uh, like the best version available, but it seemed like the most convenient for me. It's not called Resident Evil DS anywhere, but I died mm. so often in this game, and every time you go to a splash screen, like there's a voice that says Resident Evil DS. Um, so it got <laughs> it got burned into like my memory, and that's what I can say about the game. I played it for I didn't beat it, but I did play it for like 15 hours or so. I don't oh, know. nice! That's quite a good. Huh. I mean, that's probably about how much I played too. But I beat it, but I used to guide. Uh, okay, and Shelby. I played it on GameCube when I was nice. fairly young. Uh, we had, um, I don't know if this is true for anybody else, but like our family had like another family that we're really, really close with and we're still close like today and stuff. But uh, yeah, like um, they are how I had even gotten started on Resident Evil in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a little, little shout out there. Uh, but yeah, I <laughs> played it on GameCube. Um, we were younger too so like anytime we did get stuck like uh we wouldn't ask for help like to the point that it was like just them telling us where to go they would usually just say hey why don't you check this out and then it would kind of you know it was just kind of like guiding us in the right direction of how to play it so right yeah and um their dad actually collected a bunch of comics and stuff too and there were resident evil comics that i had the had the chance uh so that was pretty cool because i think they're fairly uh rare now so yeah, and I think say. actually they ended up selling them way later on, but uh, yeah, good stuff. That's awesome. Uh, cool. So GameCube was the first. Wait, have you ever played it since? What? Have you played it since? Uh, no, I have not played the original Resident Evil uh, one or the GameCube one uh, since then. Cool. And the version I played for this episode is uh, the PS4 version. Yeah, that's the one. And I played to completion. Uh, did you guys do each? So the, okay, so let's, I guess we should talk about what it is. So Resident Evil isn't the very first survival horror game, I, I don't believe. I think, uh, isn't Alone in the Dark one of the ones that was credited to that? I believe that's the, like the PC version. Anywho, but it's it's definitely one of the most famous uh, survival horror games. Um, it, it's, 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 you know, it's known for its tank controls. Uh, how would you guys describe tank controls? Uh, tank controls are the optimal way to control a game in which your camera angles are fixed. Yeah. Um, I hate tank controls, for the record. Do you? I most, really do. Most I, people do. Yeah. And the PlayStation 4 version lets you play like a regular game. and uh, that's, that's... it Because... So Resident Evil, for anybody who hasn't played, uses fixed camera angles as you go this was a huge benefit on the playstation one because it allowed them to put uh more detail in the graphics because mm. essentially you were playing the game in a, a series of fixed images mm. and yep. only the, the people were moving um so it allowed for more detail but the problem is as the camera angle changes your character is moving and when the camera angle changes you could be facing a different direction so yeah. modern day can sorry no i'm agreeing with you yeah absolutely yeah. So with modern day controls, your control of your character is typically based on your camera viewing angle. And so that's why we uh, are able to move around the way we do in games now. But with this, if you were to base it on the camera viewing angle, if you're holding up to walk to a room and then the camera angle suddenly changes so that your character is facing to the right, you're now no longer walking in the same direction, which would make the game incredibly difficult to maneuver around in. And where this game relies so heavily on you being able to maneuver, 
that wouldn't have been possible. And it, it, it isn't the optimal way to do it because there are angles that would, you would have to go from being, you know, holding up and right to holding down and left to keep moving in the same direction or your character would stop moving. So with tank controls, what it means is it's based on the character's uh, field of uh, point of view, and that's how your movement's based. So up is always whatever direction the character is facing, and left and right is relative to left and right for the character. And it's so yeah. important that that this game has it because of the fixed camera angles, and it allows you to manu- maneuver the character. You always know if I'm holding, as long as I'm holding up, no matter which way this camera angle changes, when I go into the next scene, I'm still going to be moving forward. Your brain just has to make the minor adjustment of left and right when you're when you're moving in that way. So it's so my comp- uh, just to jump in there. So the PlayStation Four version has it so that you continue the direction that you're running in, uh, no matter what. So when you switch screens, if you are moving up in the game's world of up, you still are moving that direction when you switch screens. So if you're up going up in one screen, but contextually it's going down in the other, then even though you're pressing up, your character still continues to run the way you want. Uh, array that you originally attended so that you can then switch your direction as you're playing and it's usually pretty seamless or you can just keep holding down quote unquote down for example and you're still moving in the right contextual direction which uh i found not to be too bad okay i have that makes any sense you know that does i haven't played with that control scheme so i can't speak to it what i didn't like about tank so i i played uh so yeah i said earlier that i didn't play this game much when I was young, which is which is true. But I did play uh, Dino Crisis to completion, which is also a Capcom game. It plays basically like Resident Evil except with dinosaurs. And uh, I think uh, I've played a few other games like that. And Parasite. so the thing I didn't like about what's that? Parasite Eve. You may have played that. Yeah, yeah. Well, the second Parasite Eve, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's another game I played through completion as well. So definitely have experience with these types of controls. What I don't like about them is just they're sluggish. They're they're very slow, and and also I don't know I don't like turning my character around, then pressing the direction to run in, but that's me. I mean, back when I was younger, I don't think it bothered me nearly as much. So I think it's just because you know control has gotten better over time. Uh, I've grown less of a tolerance towards that, but it's a big part of the game if you're not playing, I guess, on anything but the most recent iteration. So it's something. You have to get used to. Although I am curious, Seiji, what what are the controls like on the DS port of this? Um, so I can't say if they're better or worse than the other versions because the this is the only version that I played. But it, yeah, it's uh, those tank controls, which are very silly. I don't <laughs> like. I understand what Sean was saying. It makes logical sense but to me every control scheme has its opportunities and its limitations and to me it's just too limited it brings too many situations that are very uncomfortable although i would say that well first tank controls work i guess work really well with first person perspective i think that is the ideal um but having the range of movement with a mouse or with something that like having the, the crosshair as your uh, point of reference is very useful and you you can also tilt up and down I mean, there's more to it but in this game you know turning is very silly right and then like the one thing that i would that i would say is would be very useful for is like in luigi's mansion <laughs> another horror game in luigi's mansion whenever you're using the uh the vacuum cleaner it locks your your position into um where you're facing right so you can actually like walk to different directions while you're still facing like the same reference point forward 
but that mm -hmm. is done through locking the Z axis or rather the Y axis. You want to, it depends, right? Uh, but in the, whatever would be the perpendicular to the ground, right? So it will lock it that way. Um, but in this game, it's like, it's always, you always have this three buttons or two buttons left and right that are just controlling your turning. I don't know how it's in the other versions, but in, in the DS version, in order to, to use the gun, you have to like press R and then it locks yep. you in the one position, but you cannot turn. You can only aim higher or lower and you can also, you can't walk backwards. Mm -hmm. So that's very stupid. Like the whole purpose to having this, this type of tank controls is that you can do those kinds of things that you can move while you're aiming. To me, it doesn't really make any sense in the gameplay world. When I'm playing it, it's very uncomfortable. So that's what I can say about tank controls. I think I just want to like, this is a survival horror game. And one of the things that contributes to your sense of unease or your sense of fear is not having complete control. Uh, th those restricted controls help to heighten the tension. Um, if you know you can't move as fastly and freely as you can in other games, then it makes you more nervous. It makes you more cautious. Um, and having actually fired a handgun, you should never be walking and shooting. It's You're never going to hit what you want to hit that way. You, sh you should be stopped with a, with a, with a firm base. Um, Especially when fighting zombies. I yeah. agree with, with that, but there's a lot of situations in which they just put you too close to, to the enemies, right? So yeah. being able to shoot while I'm moving backwards, even if it's just a little bit, like very, very slowly, it would have been very useful. In the DS version, there's a definite lag when you bring your weapon out. So you can't move and you can't use a weapon because you're too close. And so what you have to do is drop your weapon or whatever and then walk and then bring it back. And sometimes there's no space. So I understand that these lags and inconveniences in the controls are to heighten like the survival horror kind of thing that is going on. And it, it is it is very effective, but most of the time for me, it, it felt unfair. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the, the control scheme in general. So I'm kind of with you there. Uh, I also don't think realism matters in a game where you're fighting biomutants. So I would rather... Back, backing up and shooting sound would be nice. Um, real quick, so I don't. Want, we don't need to go in depth into the story and stuff, but but basically the setup is that you and your your group. Actually, you know what? Someone else should do it because I'm I haven't only played this the one time. Shelby, what's the setup for this game? Go. Okay. Uh, so I can't remember which team exactly it is, but uh, stars. Everybody, I just think everybody knows who stars is. Um, which is like an elite group of, of people who know how to fight stuff real good. Um. <laughs> anyway, so one of their teams got lost in the Arclay Mountains, and I think that was Bravo team. And then Alpha team is sent out to go look for them. And when they get there, it's just like a mansion. So they start investigating the the mansion where they find like, holy crap, there's like weird zombie dudes in here. Uh, so it's basically like you're going through trying to figure out like uh, why are these crazy deaths are happening. You're also looking for uh, any teammates um, that might be alive. Also, when I think Alpha Team lands, uh, oh God, I hope it's Alpha Team. Anyway, when Alpha Team lands, uh, they are attacked by uh, Cerberus, uh, which are the the mutated dogs or whatever and that's how they end mm -hmm. up in the the mansion i guess because they're trying to like get away from them and they're like okay cool we're here we have to investigate this place anyway uh and then 
you get split up. So you have, and it really, it, I think it depends on who you choose to play as. Cause at the start you can, I think, pick either Chris or Jill. Yep. Um, anyway, so if you play as uh, Chris, you go off on your own and you investigate, you see the zombie, you come back and then uh, Wesker and Jill are gone. Uh, I think if you play as Jill, um, you go investigate, you, I think you come back and Barry's there. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, you're sure. with Barry. Yeah, you're with Barry. Uh, and yeah, Wesker tells uh, Jill and Barry to go off and and look for Chris, I think. I can't remember exactly how uh, it goes. Yeah, because yeah. they're looking for Chris, yeah. Yeah, and actually, depending on who you pick, like most of the story and the, and the puzzles <laughs> are exactly the same, but uh, it's just these side character stories. So if you're with Jill, you're uh, going to learn a bit more about Barry. Also, depending on who you pick, uh, Richard, the, there's a, a Stars member later on uh, named Richard. Uh, he dies in different ways. Um, I think if you're if you're Jill, he pushes you out of the way of a snake. Uh, mm -hmm. And if you're Chris, I think he's he already can... dead. No, can't you? Can't, doesn't he get eaten by a shark? Because if you save him from, anyway. uh, that's probably Jill's. I think. Because no. you can save him as Jill, right? Yeah, but you can save him as Chris too, because Rebecca's there. That's another thing: is oh, if yeah. you're playing as Chris, you get to meet Rebecca, who's a uh, combat medic or whatever, field medic. Right. Um, stars. I'm pretty sure because I, I think I remember playing it. I'll have to check it, but I think I remember playing as Chris. He got eaten as he got eaten okay. by uh, uh, Neptune, big old shark buddy. Right. Yeah. But yeah. So as you're going through this mansion, you find out that. Um, it's linked to the uh, Umbrella Corporation, which they're like, you know, secretly working on something called the T virus because uh, mm -hmm. they're working on new like BOWs. And this is like stuff that has been going on, I think, since like the 1960s. Yeah, that sounds right. If I believe. Uh, yeah. So there's a whole like, uh, uh, probably spoilers. There's a whole. Yes, to avoid spoilers, I guess. Yeah. Um, but there's a whole thing under the mansion that there work the where there there's a lab. Sorry. Yeah, guys. there's a lot of twists and turns in in there. Yeah. Uh, and one one thing, Shelly, I want to add real quick is just yeah. the other the other one of the other differences between the two storylines. Uh, I think Chris takes more damage or maybe does more damage. Jill can carry more, uh, but does less damage. Is that that sounds that's right? Correct. I think, and Jill also gets uh, a lockpick, and I don't. Yes. So for some things, you don't need keys i think she's a master of unlocking yeah the, the so lock she... places the sword key and the uh and the small drawer keys okay yeah because i think with um with like and chris's playthrough i remember picking up a lot of old keys which look exactly the fucking same um, <laughs> but yeah anyway you, you two have probably played both paths right you and sean yep uh, yeah i have yeah i only played jill's what, which one did you pick uh sadie uh jill nice okay. Uh, I heard Jill's slightly easier, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I just want to say Jill's, oh, is Jill's is easier, and it's because okay, she has eight uh, inventory slots vice six that Chris has. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what the lockpick lock makes it easier as well. She gets a bazooka yeah. earlier on. 
So it's it's funny because the easy mode is the mode with Jill, but it's only easier because she's better at everything than Chris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a fucking and what a fucking difference two inventory slots make. So I want to talk mechanics slightly. I know we have about fifteen minutes le- or about twelve minutes left, and we should save at least five or six minutes for damage. Um, I want to talk a bit about the the cumbersome parts of this game, and this carries through even to the most modern iteration. Um, it is, it is a game that's kind of brutally hard. Uh, it's very easy to get lost and, um, save, saving in this game is what causes me the most stress. So you need to find save ribbon ribbons, a physical item in the world, a limited supply of, uh, to save your game. Each time you, you want to save your game, you must use a ribbon. Uh, very, very stressful for me. And you also, you can only carry so many things like, like they said, uh, which makes inventory management a fucking pain in the ass. I don't know how anyone could not play as Jill just just because they'd have to deal with that. So you have to find safe rooms to find a safe box to put your your stuff in. So you're kind of like there is good parts. This like don't get me wrong, the inventory thing helps with the survival horror stuff. I get that. It's just that what really stresses me out playing this game is the saves. Like I I like to save a lot in games. I like to make sure I'm backed up. I also like to stop and start a lot. And that is less of an option in a game like this. And so it's very, like, it's, it's very stressful. I don't know if you guys found that to be the same, but for me, I, I, it bothered me. Um, I think because I played it when I was younger and I didn't have as many games. I also didn't own it. This, like, this is something I purely, like, went over to this, to this family's house. And whenever we played games, we just ended up, like, they would play something else. And then, like, I would play GameCube. And, like, mm-hmm. everybody was always playing something different. And we'd all kind of help each other out or whatever. But, like, um, so if ever... And this is something, too, that uh, there's no, like, autosave stuff. So if you die, like, you're back at where you last saved. So you could go a couple hours playing yeah. uh, and not save because you don't have uh, as many... Um, uses left on your on your save ribbon or whatever or in your ink ribbon uh so you would uh have to go back and, and start over so that sucked but uh as somebody with a with you know didn't have a lot of games that didn't really matter because then it was just like okay cool either i get to play more or i really don't have much of a choice if i want to beat this game right now so yeah all, all of yeah. those things and that's why i said this game is technically perfect because all of those things the tank controls the inventory management mm. the limited ammo which we didn't really talk about um, Talk about ammunition. it. So there's ammunition's limited. It's there you go. <laughs> um, enemies yes. don't drop stuff except enemy, for like, yeah, they store don't. items. Um, and you have to make the decision if you because if you kill an enemy in in the original mm. Resident Evil, if you kill an enemy, they're dead and they stay dead. Uh, in the remake, if you kill them after, after a certain point, they come back as crimson heads, which are like Ooh, unless you kill them themselves by the head. If you headshot them, yeah. they don't come back or burn um, them. Yeah. So. All of these things are in there. Like you, you got stressed, Rob, because you're supposed to get stressed. This oh, I'm game, aware. Like it's it it so it, it it achieved its goal, right? It's all of this stuff is in there to make the tent to raise attention level. If you have unlimited ammo and you have unlimited saves and um, you have you know fluid motion in your controls and everything, then the game's not scary anymore. You might as well just play. Uh, I can't think of a uh, Uncharted. I guess you know what I mean. The Uncharted still... is like that's no, what man. I, it is because that's what it's still hard. Is. Well, it, it's I mean it's not hard. It's really hard, even with so I did not uh, so the PS4 version. I guess everything stayed except the controls. The controls are better. So even with with what I consider better controls, it was still a very challenging game. I, I guess so. It's just it. I think maybe that's a, a modern 
gamer mentality yeah. of where you're we're used to being able to we're we're, we're used to a faster pace in games i, I like think. convenience uh, i've grown to appreciate convenience yeah that's definitely this is not that at all there's no, no convenience it's, no, it's not. <laughs> actively it's actively inconvenient <laughs> you know um but like I, I like i get that i i like uh auto saves i like saving a lot myself um i like yeah. those checkpoints because they almost work like save states um, yes and uh this game strips all that away and says it's you versus this and you're forced i mean i know speed running of this game is a big thing but you're mm. forced to play this game at a slower pace you're forced to slow down yeah. and really think about your decisions do i take an extra healing item or do i take an extra thing of ammunition Mm-hmm. Do I kill the zombies in this hall or do I just run past them? Um, you're really forced to make those decisions. And I, I don't know. I think that you're hard pressed to find games that are made today that make you make those decisions or make you think that much about it. Even the survival horror games today yeah. um, aren't like that. Yeah, you're definitely right. I think we should move on to damage. But during that, we can just set up the things we like about the game and what we don't like. Um because there is a lot to talk about Resident Evil, but a lot of it, like, I think we covered a lot of the major points, actually, but we haven't talked much about its history. But why don't we sum that up in our damage section? Because I know we have a little bit more of a timeline, a time frame uh, this episode. So, uh, all right. So, damage, if you're not aware of it already, is a recommendation system. Each of us are responsible for one heart's worth of damage. So, if I hate the game and don't recommend it to anyone, I would give full damage. If I love the game and thought everyone should play it, it would be no damage and everything in between. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and go first this time, I guess. Um, so I'm really glad I played this because of its historical significance. It's, it's one of the biggest, well, it's a huge franchise. And, and I've played four, actually, funny enough, I've played one, four, and seven in this series. Mm-hmm. So I'm all, I'm all over the place. Uh, and, and I tend, to, I want to go through and keep playing them, ideally through remakes, because I like nicer graphics and stuff. But, and <coughs> excuse me, and they hold out a little. I, I, I find that um, although the, the old games, like their their setting, looks really nice, the the rest of the game looks like well, like a PlayStation One game. <laughs> um, so I, I liked a lot of it. I liked the atmosphere. I liked the setting. I liked the idea of the puzzles. I liked the enemy design. The characters are fun. The voice acting in the original is a real treat to listen to. Oh god! And th- they re-did it for for this, but they some of that cheesiness is still there. I think they're intentionally trying to make it feel cheesy, but not that dated. Hmm. So, like some of the voice acting, I, I think is intentionally kind of bad, but like still not as bad as the original. But they changed you know, if very famous lines, they did, they did, yeah. they changed a few. Um. You know, but the, but the hints of the old ones are still there. It's like a it's like a modern campier version than it would be like from back then. But I recommend listening to voice clips from the original if you haven't already. They're hilarious. Um, so with the modern game, you know the control you can play the, the tank controls if you want, or you can play it with the mo- with the uh, enhanced controls. And so yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I had to play the game to guide because no no. First of all, I'm bad at puzzle games. I get really OCD about missing stuff, and if I can't save and ex- and then experiment, then I'm I'm stressed as fuck. So I used to walk through for I'd say half the game, and even with, with what I still found it very hard. And it, but hard's not bad. Like it, it just because I found a game hard doesn't mean that it's not enjoyable or, or something that I would recommend. The story was interesting. The setting was good. Had a lot of atmosphere. The, the mechanics do stress you out, like, like Sean said, so that, and that's, that's the point of the game. 
Um, and yeah, and, and I like its history. Wesker is a real treat. Um, yeah, the characters are fun. Oh, I'll give the game half damage. It, it's it's hard, mm. and so I can't recommend it to like a wide variety. But I wouldn't. I would still recommend a lot of people try it out, especially the remakes. It's easy to get to. Um, but like when I think about what they've done with two, and this is based on hearsay, haven't played it. But the remake for two is apparently fantastic. So I bet you that it's game so would probably good. Comparing the two would probably make the score a little bit lower. So I don't go with. I'm going to go with half damage. And Shelby, why don't you go next? Okay. Uh, so this is probably like the whole Resident Evil uh, series is is one of my favorites. Like I'd put it up there with Ace Attorney and stuff, uh, just because of um, I think mostly the nostalgia factor and like all the memories and stuff I have uh, associated with it. But just the games themselves too, uh, in my opinion, are very very good, very very strong games. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed, and I think this is, I can't remember, maybe it's different in like the remake that came out for PS4, but there's like no, almost no music uh, in like when you're just doing like the running around and, and solving puzzles. You're stuff. right. Like, yeah. Unless mm-hmm. there are, there are music stings here and there mm-hmm. um, and, you know, just to kind of set the tone and stuff. But I think that really helps um, add to, to like how stressed you feel and how scared you are because, you know, if you're not hearing anything, you're like, all right, cool, nothing's there. But maybe if you're hearing, uh, if you're not hearing anything and all of a sudden you're hearing like little footsteps or just like creaks yeah. and stuff, and it really does uh, creep you out. Um, but yeah, uh, and overall, like if you just think of like uh, the setting that this game is in, like this crazy mansion with a ton of puzzles, like, and they, they touch on it a bit because I think there are letters that you can read. Like there's a guy who's like, you know, he, his family was there and he's the one who like designed the mansion and stuff. And like, you know, and they and they say it. If anybody else has played Resident Evil Seven, and Rob, I know you did. I don't know if if Sean did, but like, um, when you're doing a puzzle in Resident Evil Seven, and it's just like the most ridiculous thing ever, and the guy's like, "Who does this? Like, who builds this shit?" And then you think about it, and you're like, "Yeah, like, who the heck puts that much time and effort <laughs> making this crazy booby trapped mansion?" Like, and I suppose they had to. They had a bit of a reason to do that because they were hiding all this shit under it. But like man um it's just a bit of a of a weird comparison because they're trying to be like so like um i guess creative with like how these zombies are made where it's like a virus and stuff but then you've got all these like old-timey weird like medieval puzzle bullshit yeah um, in it too so it's just a bit of a funny contrast um (laughs) but yeah i think story-wise it's cool um I don't know if it's worth it to play both campaigns because they're pretty, I'm not like, going to. pretty much like exactly the same. Like you'd probably just be better off uh, watching or reading about it like the other one. But um, hmm. yeah, uh, I, I'm not going to I don't want to damage it. I'm going to give it a quarter damage because I know there are uh, a lot of people who would not like this game. But I feel like my my friends have good taste and they would give it a try and love it. So yeah, uh, quarter quarter damage for me. Cool. Uh, Sean, go next. We have a uh, wait real, real quick. Seiji, how long do we have left? Oh shit. Oh <laughs> uh, shit. All right, we'll do it as fast as you can, yeah, I guess. Really quick. All right. Um. So if you, it's it's a fun game. I recommend anybody who plays this plays the one of the remakes, either on GameCube, PS4, Switch, uh, or Xbox One. That's the best way to get to it. Um. 
Shelby covered a lot of it with what she said there, and I definitely think this this game it does what it sets up to do. It is uh, an intimidating game that that can scare you um, and can cause you stress. That being said, if you're the kind of person who doesn't like that stuff, you don't want to be stressed, don't play it. So for that reason, I'm going to give it a quarter damage. Um, huge fan. Huge, huge fan. Nice. Seiji, take us home. Um, I did enjoy this game. Um, once I I got accustomed to the control scheme and the logic behind the game, uh, basically what they wanted you to do. So once I resolved, you know, one of the first puzzles where you have to use, you know, a lighter on a, on a what's it called, like a chimney thing? Or the flask. Yeah, or or like you go and take uh, like the shield, which I, I think they call an emblem and yeah, replace the gold, it with the, old with the golden emblem. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. And then uh, getting the medallions and solving. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mask puzzle was fun. The painting puzzle well, was really interesting. So the, oh, the stained glass one? No, the ones where uh, you have to look, you have to press switches behind paintings. Oh. There's like a baby and then like a boy and you have to hit them in order to get like the, uh, I think. I don't think I the remember that puzzle. Star medallion and you put the medallions on the on a thingy and then you go to the <laughs> courtyard. Anyway, there yep. are, there are things that I really did enjoy about this game. Uh, the problem with this game is that it's very punishing, it's very um inconvenient. Um it punishes you for the wrong reasons, I believe. There are uh, I think there are two games going on in here and I think they my personal opinion is that they didn't do a good job on combining these two games that they wanted the player to play. Um, one game is the one where it's about theme, it's about the horror, it's about going slowly, it's about exploring, but in a very careful way, reading, you know, the books and the jour- the journals, learning about the 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 mansion, and so on and so. And the other game is is this whole resource management thing where. You have to collect, you know, the ink ribbons, and then you have to be really strategic where you where you are going to save. But the game is going to put you in positions where you're exploring a new part of of, of the world, and you can't find like the next typewriter, and then you die, and then because you memorize these things, like I can remember the the amount of times that while exploring a new part of the mansion, I just kept dying and dying and dying, and the whole. Th- thematic thing went 100% away because I, I memorized what the enemies were, were going to do and I optimized like I'm going to use you know instead of I don't know of exploring I know that I need to use you know three shotgun shots and then I, I'm going to use a knife and then I'm going to use this so it just becomes this mindless uh, just going through the next part of the of the game in order to progress a little bit further and a little bit further until I get the next safe state and once I get to that part, then it becomes the other game again, where I'm like exploring and where where the enemy is going. But it feels so punishing. It feels so so painful to lose all the progress. That's why I I, I spent yeah. all this time on this game, and I couldn't progress too much. And at some point, I just started using a a guide, not because I felt that the guide was necessary, but because the guide made the game or the progress more convenient. Because now, yeah, I, I agree. I, because I really enjoyed exploring the mansion. Like the first, I don't know, like three or four hours that I played the game, I was just exploring, you know, finding this, finding that. I didn't know exactly where I was going to use something, but um, I kept it and I, you know, I, I tried using different things. But there were parts of the game where I just, I would progress 
you know, I'll put like an hour into the game and I couldn't find the next typewriter. So I will go back to, you know, backtrack to the, um, to one of the safe spots and then save and then continue. And that that's only because I was trying to avoid the pain of losing my progress. So that thematic survival horror thing that, that it's really, really cool and very effective it's in conflict with the pain of losing your progress because one thing uh, takes you out of the other or or rather than not losing your progress being on the on the back of your mind kind of like tones down or removes that horror aspect for me especially i so i had my problems but i did have fun and because of that reason i'll just go with uh three quarters damage all right well there we go guys um yep so resident evil if most people have probably played it and if you haven't before and, and are going to try it out now, let, let us know what it was like and uh, if you enjoyed it. And, you know, cartridgeclub.org is, is, is the place to be. It doesn't have the cartridge growth anymore, but, you know, there's still other really cool stuff there. And uh, maybe maybe someday we can get uh, Sean and Mark together. Maybe we could switch things up and give them both a shot. <laughs> you like that? There you go. Yeah, all right. Well, okay, I know we have to go. So thank you all for listening. And thank you for joining us, Sean. Uh, you're always a real delight to have. It's nice having a second Rob on the show. Thanks, right, well, uh, <laughs> I like being. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for listening. This is Rob. Shelby. And Seiji. P1. There you go. <laughs> Bye. Check, 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 check the audio. <laughs>